Welcome all at all of our campuses. Hey, good to have all of you. It's hard to believe it's only like 13 more days till Christmas. I mean, think about that. So let me go ahead and remind you in case you didn't get in our service in time to pick up your free Christmas Eve services. As we've said before, they are free, but we wanna make sure you pick them up because we wanna make sure we have enough seats for each one of our services. And uh, we have two opportunities for every campus. So make sure you pick up tickets for you and your guests and make sure you're inviting people with you uh, that are living around you in your neighborhood and your community. It's a great invest and invite opportunity. Also, one other thing I want to say uh, before we get in our talk today is many of you heard about the tornado that went through Tennessee and Kentucky and Illinois. Uh, that was within about 20 miles of where Matt Johnson is. Uh, he's a great friend of ours here at our church, and you've heard him speak three or four times a year. And so we are going to be giving Matt a church a gift, a very generous gift, and also we're going to be giving Convoy Hope a very generous gift because they're already on the ground in that area. And if you want to help contribute to that, you can go to our website this afternoon and you will see a link for tornado relief and uh, you can give to that. So uh, some of you already asked about that. Um, and some of you asked about how Matt and his family were. They were fine. They had no damage. Uh, they have no power. In fact, he was supposed to fly in this afternoon and uh, meet with our some of our team um, later today and then some tomorrow morning. And uh, he just decided to fly in last night. He said, we have no power, may not have any for a while. So uh, he organized some things and then he flew in and is gonna fly back out Monday morning. And so we're gonna send a check with him. So if you wanna help uh, contribute to that, you can go to our website and uh, help them because you know as a church uh, what it's like to go through that kind of disaster. Now, other thing I want to be challenging you to do is be praying and preparing for our end of the year uh, Rise Up and Build offering. Uh, many of you have already been giving toward that. That's for the purchase, uh, purchase of our Chipley property, Mariana property, and our Bluntstown property. So uh, we'll be doing that at the end of the year on the 26th and also on the 2nd will be those two Sundays. We'll, we'll kind of open that up for you to give specifically on those two weeks. So be praying and preparing for our Rise Up and Build offering that we're going to be giving at the end of the year. Now today, um, if this is your first time here, this is a great time for you to be at one of our churches because we're beginning our Christmas series entitled, It's All Good. And in this series, we want to explain what makes the Christmas story so special. What makes it good? Because the truth is, while many of us, we anticipate Christmas, there are also many people who are really resistant to Christmas and even Christianity um, for, for that, because um, they just really resist Christianity. So for some people, the resistance is built around this question, and that is this, is it true? See, the big question is, for many people, is was Jesus God? Was Jesus really born? Was there really a virgin birth? Was there really a manger and a star? And I'm sure that if you're with us at one of our churches today and you're asking that question, you have a very good reason why you're, why you're asking the question, is it true? But here's something else that has happened. In the past three to five years, our culture has reached like this tipping point. So much so that in the past few years, the question that many people have about Jesus and about scripture is not just this question, is it true? The question has now shifted for many people to this, is it good? Because see, many people in their minds, Christianity included any kind of religion is harmful in their minds. But let me just kind of assure you um, for this moment uh, and this conversation, while there are many people that say, you know, any kind of religion is harmful, including Christianity, let's just kind of for our talk today, let's assume for a moment that it's true and let's deal with the question, is it good? In other words, what good did Jesus accomplish when he came? 
Is Christianity a crutch at best? Or is it a weapon to use against people at worst? Like, why should we celebrate Christmas? Is it good? Now, here's what's interesting about that. When the angels came to the shepherds to announce Jesus' birth, this is what they said in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. They said, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So why does this verse out of Luke chapter 2, verse 10, why does that matter to us at Christmas? Here's why. Because see, Christmas answers the question, is it good? Christmas is the celebration of good news. And it's not just good news, but it's good news of great joy, the angel said. But not just that. It's good news of great joy, not just for a few select people, but it's good news of great joy for all the people. So here's the thing. If what the angel said is true, and if the message of Jesus is good news, why isn't everybody in the world? Why isn't everyone in our nation? Why isn't everyone in our communities? Why aren't they leaning in, hoping it's true if it's good? Because the reality, if something is good news, you hope that's true, right? I mean, for example, if many of you got a big news press tomorrow morning that said, hey, good news for Christmas, uh, chocolate is this great weight loss aid, um, just eat all you want at Christmas and you'll lose weight, you would hope that is true, right? See, I mean, that's kind of the point. Like, some of you like chocolate, I can tell. I can hear you all from the Blountstown and Chipley campus doing this as well. It's like, man, yeah, you, you would hope it's true. Well, the point is, when you hear something that's good, you really hope it's true. You lean into it. That's human nature. So the question is, why the resistance to the gospel message? Why the question, is it good? The reason is, I think there's this fundamental misunderstanding that many people have about Christianity. And um, most of that under misunderstanding, it is caused by those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. I mean, as you heard me say before, for far too long, the church and Christians have been known for who and what we're against rather than who and what we are for. And one other thing that causes a misunderstanding is this. Unlike all other religions in the world, Christianity is not based on a belief system. Christianity is not based on a moral code that everyone should follow. In fact, many Christ followers, they think that that's what it's about. Many people think that to follow Jesus, that you have to act and follow a certain moral code to be in with God, but that's not what Christianity is based on. In fact, you might want to write this down. The foundation of Christianity is a person who accomplished an event that was witnessed by people. And that person, that was Jesus, whose birth the angels announced. And he showed us what it means to have a relationship with God in such simple and yet profound terms that he shook the ancient world to its core. So much so that his own people, they murdered him for it. But then three days later, he, was, he rose from the dead and then he was seen by over 500 eyewitnesses. As Andy Stanley says, if a man can predict his own death and resurrection and pull that off, you just go with what that man says, right? So today, I just want to explain to you in as simple terms as we know how, what Jesus said it takes to have a relationship with God. And here's what you're going to discover. 
that he taught that it doesn't matter what part of the world you came from, how you were raised, how many good or bad things that you have done in your life, what age you are, what religion that you grew up in, whether you even consider yourself a religious person or not a religious person. He said, none of that matters because everybody is invited to have a relationship with their heavenly father. Everybody begins a relationship with their heavenly father the same way. And everybody can meet the requirements. And that is good news. Now, if you're with us today and you're not a follower of Jesus, if the life and the teaching and the message of Jesus doesn't strike you as good news, perhaps it's because the version that you grew up with or the version that you walked away from, it wasn't the original version. Because see, the original version that was announced by the angels, it was compelling and it was good. And while you may leave today and not believe exactly what we believe, we hope that you lean in or at least better understand what we believe and why we absolutely believe it is good news. Now, for some of you, it's gonna finally click today. It's gonna make sense for the very first time. And you're gonna decide that following Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life because you realize that the message of Jesus is not just true, but it is also very, very good. But let me also say something to those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ. What you're gonna to hear today is the reason why living out the mission of our church to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus, why it matters so much and why we're so passionate about it. So if you're a follower of Jesus, man, please pay careful attention because we're gonna teach you a very simple way to explain this good news to anyone who wonders, is it true and is it good? So let's begin by talking about what we think are probably the two most important questions that we have to answer in life. The two most important questions that we have to answer in life. And hopefully by answering these questions, it will clear up for you, some of you, the confusion that you've lived with, maybe for your whole life about what it really means to have a relationship with God. Now, for some of you, as we answer these questions, you may realize that that thing that you've been afraid of or, or that thing that you've rejected for so long, I mean, it's, it's much better than you thought it was. And you pushed away, but you realize now, oh, it's good. So here are the two questions that we're going to answer today. They're very simple, and that is this. What does a person need to know to begin a relationship with God? And what does a person need to do? What does a person need to know to begin a relationship with God? And what does a person need to do to begin a relationship with God? Now, Jesus, he answers these questions in John chapter three. So if you wanna follow along in the Bible, you can find that on an app, probably on your phone. Most of you carry it there. If you brought your Bibles with you, you can go to John chapter three. Because what Jesus says in John chapter three is so important but it's also very famous. In fact, if you've probably never read your Bible, I bet you've heard what we're gonna talk about today. In fact, your grandma probably quoted to you sometime when you were little, or maybe if you ever went to vacation Bible school, uh, when you were a kid, you heard it, or maybe you saw this reference to it in Tim Tebow's eye black. That's not mean I'm a Gator fan or anything. It just means that he wore it on his eye black, okay? Um, now, in these verses, there are four key words that we want you to pay attention to, four key words, so you'll be wanting to write these down. So here we go. We find this in John chapter three, beginning in verse 16. It says, for God so loved the world. 
Now, I want you to stop there for just a moment. This is the first thing you need to know to have a relationship with God, and that is this, God loved. Now, here, here's the reality. We all wanna believe that, don't we? Every one of us, we all want to believe that that is true, that God loved. But you know, for some of you, based upon your experience in life, or based on whatever you were taught, or maybe based on how you were raised, or maybe your heart has a hard time embracing what your head wants to believe. Like you wanna believe that God is love, but your heart has a hard time embracing that. Because see, some of you maybe feel like, for God so rejected the world, or God so shunned the world, or God so judged the world, Maybe some of you feel like God ignored your world or God unloved your world because that's kind of what your life experience has taught you. You've been let down by every relationship that you've ever been a part of. And so it's really hard for you to believe that God loves you. Like you've gone through painful and tragic experiences. You faced obstacles and challenges and every one of them left you wondering, how could a God that loved me let that happen? How can God be good. But Jesus said, God loves, and God loves personally. And for many of you, the question is, well, how can I know that's true? How can you believe that? And here's why, because God proved it. Look at the next part of the verse. It says, for God so loved the world, and the word world doesn't mean the globe, it means the people, every individual of the world, for God so loved the people of the world that he gave his one and only son. So the second key word that you need to know is he gave. See, God loved the people of the world so much that he gave. And what you need to know to have a relationship with God is this, is that God loved and God gave. And you need to understand that God gave to understand that God is not angry at you. God is not mad at you. God loved you so much that he did what anybody does who loves somebody deeply. He gave. That's what he did. Specifically, he gave the most valuable gift that he could give. He gave his one and only son to die on a cross and rise again to pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin. And some of you have a hard time believing that because you have a hard time believing that you matter. You have a hard time believing that you are valuable. See, that's why you struggle to believe that the message of God or of Jesus is true. But I don't want you to miss this. You can measure the value of something by what someone is willing to pay for it. See, that means you are very extraordinary, valuable to your heavenly father. Because you think about it, he gave the most valuable thing that he had. He paid with his son's life. He paid with his son's life. Is there anybody in your world that, that's, that is that valuable to you that you would pay for with, their, with your child's life? That's how valuable you are to God. So why did God give Jesus? Here's why, because your sin and my sin, it created this debt between us and God because we don't measure up to his standard. And you may think, well, but nobody's perfect. And that's the point. Nobody's perfect. In fact, you could say, because you say nobody's perfect, it absolutely shows that you know that there is a standard of perfection and you know that we all fall short of that. 
We all got a broken relationship with God. And here's the thing. Once you shatter perfection, you can't do anything to get that back on your own. But because God loved, he gave. He loved and he gave because he wanted a relationship with you so much. So he says, listen, I'm going to prove and I'm going to remove that obstacle that stands between you and between me. And I'm gonna pay the debt for your sin, the sin debt that you can't pay. And I'm gonna do it by dying on the cross. And then I'm gonna come back to life three days later to prove that you, I am who I say I am. And I did what I said I would do. So what's so good about that? Well, let me tell you what is so good about that. In that one act, your heavenly father, he solved the three biggest problems that all of us are gonna face in our life. See, he solved the problem of sin and sorrow and death. See, when you really stop and think about your life and all the problems that you have in your life, don't they pretty much go back to one of these three things? See, they're, they're all a result of you or someone you know sinning someone doing something or you doing something you shouldn't do or not doing something that you should do. So sin creates problems in our life, our sin, other people's sin. Our other problems are a result of sorrow. Think about it, sin has broken the world, which means we have to deal with a lot of sorrow in our world. Sorrow, again, created by the sin of others and sorrow created by our own sin and our own broken nature. And then sorrow created because this world, it just no longer works the way that God intended. And then because of sin and sorrow, we all have to deal with this thing called death, right? See, all three of our problems, like or all of our problems really trace back to these three things. But Jesus says, I'm coming to earth and I'm giving my life on the cross and I'm rising again to let you know that I have conquered all of these issues. There is a solution for these and it's found in a relationship with Jesus. So if you have any doubts that God really loves you and that God really accepts you, Jesus says, you need to remember God loved and God gave. So that answers the question, what do I need to know in order to have a relationship with God? But we need to keep reading to answer, what do I need to do? Notice the next part of the verse. For God so loved the people of the world that he gave his one and only son to show us how valuable we are, that whoever believes in him. So what do we need to know? We need to know that God loved and that God gave. And then what do I need to do? Here's our third key word, and that is this, I believe. Literally, I believe in Jesus. Now, this can be a little bit confusing for a lot of us because not everyone, but most of us, we believe in God, we believe in Jesus, we believe that he exists. But here's the thing that you need to know. This phrase, believe in in him, it doesn't mean that I just believe that Jesus was a good person or just believe that he came from God or just believe that he was God. No, believe in, it literally means to put all of my trust and confidence in. See, you trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross to put you in a right standing with God. Don't miss that. You trust in what Jesus did through his death and resurrection in order to put you in a right standing with God. And you know, that is a lot harder for most of us than it sounds because every one of us, if you stop and think about it, we have this tendency to try to trust in the good things that we've done, to try to trust in the good person that we're becoming 
to try to trust in the good efforts that we're making. But Jesus taught that's not what it's about. It's not about the good things that you can do. It's not about what I promise to. It's not about what I commit to, or it's not about what I give to. It's about what God has already given you through his son's death and resurrection. He says, you trust in God completely when you believe in Jesus. So God says, you and I, we have to trust in Jesus completely to make our relationship with God right. See, to have a relationship with God, it requires acknowledging that there is nothing that we can do to bring us in a right standing with God. Jesus has already done that. So God loved, God gave, we believe, we believe or we trust in. And then here's the thing that you need to understand. When we understand that God loved and that God gave, and then we believe in, put our complete trust in him. Don't miss this. There's this incredible transaction that takes place between us and God. And it's not on our part, it's a gift from God. And we find this in the next part of the verse. He says, for God so loved the people of the world that he gave his one and only son to show us how valuable we are, that whoever completely believes in, trusts in him, notice this next part, shall not perish, but have. And if you're taking notes, you might wanna write the word receive. But whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall receive eternal life life. So God loved, God gave, I believe, and then finally, I receive. Specifically, Jesus said, we receive eternal life. Now, let me be very clear about this because there's confusion about this phrase, eternal life. When Jesus said he's giving us eternal life, he's not promising us the ability to live forever. Because here's the reality. Everybody lives forever somewhere. It doesn't matter if you're with us today and you're a Christ follower or not a Christ follower, you're going to live somewhere forever. So eternal life is not about living forever. That's already gonna happen. Eternal life from Jesus is this promise of this new life, this abundant life, a brand new life in Christ. And what does a brand new life in Christ mean? It means that you have a new past because my past is forgiven. And I have a brand new present because I'm walking with Jesus present with me every day. And I have a brand new future because I will spend eternity in his presence. Specifically, eternal life is the promise that the moment that you trust completely in Jesus, you get this, don't miss this, you get the righteousness of Jesus which means God doesn't look at you and see all your mess ups and all your sins and all your screw ups. No, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus' perfection. Literally, you could say it this way. Part of what you receive in this transaction of eternal life is you receive into your spiritual account Jesus' sinlessness. Think about it. Jesus' righteousness has been credited to your account. It's why the apostle Paul says that in Christ, literally in Christ, when God looks at you, you are in Christ. That is why you can stand before God free from guilt, shame, and sin. Because when God looks at your past, he doesn't see you or anything you did. All he sees is the cross and the shed blood of Jesus, which covers and washes away all your sin. And that's good news, but that's not all. 
See, eternal life means that God gives you his spirit and his spirit is always working inside of you, freeing you to be the person that God created you to be and the person that you want to be. So eternal life, it is this promise that my past, my present, and my future have been forgiven and my sin and my shame debt has been canceled. But there's more to this promise. It gets just better. And that is this. It's the promise that I'll have God's power to face the present and God's strength to face the future. And that's good news. So let's review. What do you need to know to be a follower of Jesus? You need to know that God loved and that God gave because he loved you. So then what do I need to do? I need to believe and then I need to receive. That, that's what it means to have a relationship with God. It's literally that simple. Now, for those of you that are with us and, and you're still a bit skeptical and, and you're doubting, is it really true? Is it really good? I want you to listen to the last part of these verses because Jesus says that God's done what he could do. Now the choice, it becomes yours. Notice this in verse 17 of John chapter three. He says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Don't miss that line. That's so important for some of you because you have felt condemned by God or the church or people who call themselves Christ followers for years. Notice what Jesus said. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And then he goes on to say, whoever believes, literally trusts in him, is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in or trusted in the name of God's one and only son. Listen, this is so important to understand because when you don't understand what Jesus came to do, then you'll begin to think that the message of Jesus is not good. See, Jesus said, I never came to condemn the world. That was never his goal. That was never his mission. No, Jesus came to free people. Jesus came to save people. Jesus came to communicate and demonstrate what God is like and invite people back into a relationship with him. He did not come to pay us back, but to point us back to God. And that is good news. So if you're with us today and you do not have a relationship with God, what Jesus is saying is that is your choice. That is not his choice. And he says, it's a choice that you make by choosing not to believe. But please hear my heart and, and don't miss this. People don't spend eternity in hell separated from God because of sin. There is a solution for everybody's sin. Jesus died on the cross and rose again to take care of all of your sin, past, present, and future. And what Jesus is saying is people stand condemned or they spend eternity separated from God because they haven't believed in and received this incredible gift of grace and forgiveness. See, people don't spend eternity separated from God because God chooses to condemn they, they're separated from God because they choose to refuse this extraordinary gift of God's love expressed through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So the good news is this, sin, guilt, shame, all that's been taken care of. See, God loved, God gave, we believe. And then there's this incredible transaction 
we receive the gift of forgiveness and Jesus imputes or places into our account his righteousness so that we stand before God or God looks at us. He sees Jesus and his forgiveness clothing us instead of ourselves. So what is the question? Or the question is, what do we do with this information? Now, some of you here today, and this is the first time you ever understood in your life what it means to have a relationship with God. I mean, you spent your whole life rejecting Jesus, avoiding him, resisting his influence because you thought God was angry at you. You, you thought he came to this world to condemn the world. You thought he wanted to punish you. you. You thought that God didn't love you. And today you realize because of the word of Jesus, that's not true. Others of you, you grew up in church and you're very religious and you, know, you even maybe pray and you read your Bible, but there's never been a point in your life where you just said to Jesus, God, I am transferring my trust from the good things that I'm trying to do to Jesus. I accept your forgiveness and I choose to follow you, Jesus, from this day on. And today you realize, hey, God loves me and God gave his son for me. And you realize, I can't earn my way into a relationship with God. See, you understand today for the very first time, it's not about your merit, it's about his mercy. So what I want to do as we close is, I want to give all of you the opportunity right where you are to choose to believe in, literally to trust in Jesus completely for a right relationship with God. And in doing so, experience that incredible transaction of receiving the gift of eternal life. So in just a moment, I'm gonna help you tell God that you're ready to trust him completely and begin a relationship with him. And by the way, I will not embarrass you, will not call you out. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. I'm not gonna make you, know, make you stand up or anything like that. You can do that right where you're at between you and Jesus. Now, some of you, you're kind of pushing back because you're maybe sitting there thinking, I, I'm not sure I know enough yet. I'm not sure I believe everything. I still have some question. Um, that's okay. It's absolutely okay. See, you don't have to believe everything you read in the Bible to begin following Jesus. Make sure you understand this. We don't follow Jesus because we have all the questions answered ourselves. We're still learning and growing. See, we follow Jesus because we accepted the invitation to know that God loved and God gave, and we chose to believe and receive his incredible gift of forgiveness and grace and mercy. Listen, you can have a new or a brand new relationship with God today. You can have your sins forgiven. You can stand before God with no guilt and no shame. See, you can go to bed tonight knowing that it's all good between you and God. You just need to know that God loved and therefore God gave. And then you respond, you believe, you completely trust in and you receive. It's that simple. And I wanna invite you to believe and receive right now. So if every one of you on every one of our campuses will bow your heads and open up your hearts to God. If you're with us today and you have never said, Jesus, today is a day when I no longer count on my good works, my effort to put me in a right relationship with you. But today is the day when I choose to completely trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross to forgive me of all my sin, to take care of my sin debt between God and, and man, today's my day. We just say this prayer in your heart. Jesus, today I receive 
your gift of forgiveness and grace and mercy. Today I believe. Today I choose to follow you. Today I receive the invitation to be your child. So thank you, God, for forgiving me, for giving me this incredible gift of Jesus' righteousness to cover me. And I thank you that I don't have to stand before you with any kind of guilt or shame, but thank you for this new life in Jesus Christ. I thank you that all my past sin has been forgiven, all my present sin, all my future sin has been taken care of by Jesus. So best I know how I'm beginning to follow you and I'm beginning to walk with you and learn what it means to really be loved by God, a son or a daughter of God. Thank you for this amazing gift of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, um, before you go, if you just prayed that prayer, please let us know that. Stop by the gallery, put it on your connect card. Hey, I just prayed to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. We'd love to have a conversation with you and help you begin to take some next steps. Maybe some of you renewed your relationship with Jesus Christ today and you saying, I, I don't wanna fall back in my old rut. I, I wanna live that renewed life. Talk to us about that as well. Stop by the gallery on your campus. Let us have a conversation. Put on your connect card. Drop the connect cards in the giving buckets as you, or the giving boxes as you leave your campus because we really wanna help you know that it's all good between you and God. And by the way, if you're a follower of Jesus, make sure you use this Christmas season to help other people understand the message that we just gave you. God loved, God gave, I believe, I receive. Share the good news. We'll see you next week. Have a great week.